Welcome to another episode of Consider This. I am, Steve, genuinely excited um, to have in uh, in our studio today one of my new, as the staff like to refer to him as, one of my new best friends. Uh, this is Father Brian O'Brien, and I did that without pretending I was Irish. That was impressive. And you're not even Irish. I am Irish. Are you really? Yes. My last name is O'Brien. <laughs> <laughs> I guess that would make sense. So this is this is Father Brian O'Brien, and he is from uh, St. Francis Xavier Church here in uh, here in Stillwater, Oklahoma. And uh, me and my staff had the uh, the privilege, the honor of actually uh, visiting um, the new church uh, there that's on Country Club, right? Seven Eleven North Country Club Road, right at the corner of uh, Country Club and McElroy. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and it was it was neat. Um, I got a good friend that attends there, um, Ed. And he was asking me if I wanted to get a chance to come see it. And I said, man, I, not only would I like to come see it, I know that our staff would. And so um, we were uh, very kindly and welcomed and uh, really spent about, what, an hour and a half probably? We yeah, delayed I think you. it was two hours. No, two I, hours. I loved it. I yeah. loved it. It was it was an honor to have you. And uh, I, I, didn't, I didn't know like how big the, they said the whole staff was coming and and you like filled up our <laughs> our little welcome center there. We didn't fill up the sanctuary, but we did fill up the welcome oh, it was center. Awesome. But, but you guys welcomed us so well and it was it was just good and I just I, I literally that staff was teasing me later on saying, I think you found a new friend and I said, Yeah. I hope so. I do too. I mean it really was a, a privilege and uh, you really taught me a lot of things too and so loved the entire experience. So let's just get to the point. So one of the things that kind of obviously ties us together is our love for Jesus and our love for the mission of the church. Amen. But, we also um, have one other thing in common, which I, I think our people now um, that are part of Sunnybrook would definitely know that we're in the problem, or in the process, not the problem, we're in the process of, uh, of a new building campaign and building on a new children's area. And so that's when I thought, I'm going to invite my brother in, into the uh, studio and let's, let's talk about what that looks like. But before we do, um, since our audience may not really know you, um, except for those on staff, why don't you begin by just telling a little bit about yourself? Sure. Uh, so I just literally just moved to Stillwater two months ago. Um, in the Catholic world, we are, uh, I'm in the, the Diocese of Tulsa in eastern Oklahoma, which okay. covers kind of the eastern third of the, of the state of Oklahoma. And so we have a bishop in, in Tulsa and 78 churches spread out over about 25,000 square miles. And uh, so we go where the bishop sends us. So I just finished uh, 10 years as the president of Bishop Kelly High School oh, in, wow. uh, in Tulsa. And uh, last summer, in a meeting with, uh, with, our, with our bishop, David Condrela, he said, uh, his line was, I think I've got something for you. And I was like, what? <laughs> and uh, he said, I'd like, you to, I'd like you to go to Stillwater. And uh, I knew that this, that this building project was going on. I knew a new church was so on, it was, was already on. underway when you were assigned. It was so this project uh, here in Stillwater has been was the idea that started about seven years ago, and then uh, the construction team really got together making plans about five years ago, and we've been under construction for 25 months. Okay, so I knew it was going on, but uh, was not that interested in it other than just one of my, you know, one of our Catholic communities was was on yeah. the move and, yeah. and building and. Yeah. And uh, so then I started here in uh, in January. So b before that, um, I've been a priest almost 11 years. Um, before that, I spent five years in seminary at St. Meinrad Seminary in southern Indiana. Before that, I was a high school teacher and coach. I uh, taught uh, theology and uh, government and coached basketball at Bishop Kelly High School. Okay, from, so uh, from Bishop Kelly off and then uh, back so at Bishop from Kelly. From Bishop Kelly to the seminary and yeah. then 
uh, my first assignment right out of the okay. gate was back to, uh, Bishop, back Kelly. to Bishop Kelly and then uh, also at uh, Christ the King uh, just off of downtown Tulsa. Before that, um, I'm a native, uh, grew up, basically grew up in Houston, Texas, Kingwood, Texas, right outside of Houston. Um, big Catholic family, youngest of five kids. Um, my mom and dad are both from uh, Boston. They were uh, born and raised in Boston, met in Boston, went to college in Boston. My dad worked for Shell Oil for 30 years, and so we, we moved around a fair amount. Uh, Boston to upstate New York, Northern California, and then wow. ultimately um, Houston, which is where I grew up most of my life. And I did my undergrad at Boston College, majored in theology and political science. I'm not with it really with the intention of becoming a priest. Um, thought about youth ministry, thought about going into politics. My name is Brian O'Brien, so that would like I'd win every election <laughs> just because I have a cool name. Yeah. Um, yep. And ultimately, after teaching high school for a couple years, just kind of felt this this draw mm. of uh, I loved. It was really the first time I, I was in a position to share my faith uh, with others um, in, a, in, a, in, a, in a major way. Yeah. And I loved it. And I thought, man, I could probably I think I could do this like for, with my life. And then just through a lot of a lot of prayer, a lot of discernment, a lot of really great advice from people I knew that led to going to seminary. That's awesome. And you've been in Stillwater for how long now? Uh, I moved here January 11th. So just months? Months, yeah. Okay. You yeah, like it? Just, just getting warmed up. I really do. I do. I mean, I, I think I knew I would. Um, it's the smallest place I've ever lived, but not in a bad way. Yeah, not yeah, in a bad yeah. way. Yeah. Um, the people have just been wonderful. Um, been, it's been very challenging. I mean, when my head hits the pillow at night, I I feel good about about the work that's been done that day and uh, and trying to share the good news and uh, building, you know, we've been finishing this new church, and so I kind of oversaw the the final stages of that, and then the and the and the transition, the move, uh, the big dedication of our church that happened yeah. on March 11th. Yeah. And so it's just it's been a wild ride. It's been a whirlwind. It's been a whirlwind. Yeah. So tell us a little bit about, um, you know, kind of how Saint Francis Xavier came to be, and kind of the reason for it, and then the new location and the new sure. building. Like, wh- how did, how did that all that come together? So it's uh, it's interesting. Uh, so Catholics have been in Stillwater since 1895. Um, uh, kind of coming as as missionaries on horseback and and founding uh, the original Saint Francis Xavier. That church lasted for a couple decades. It became too small, so they built uh, what is what is now the, the what was the uh, Saint Francis Xavier at Sixth and West, right? Kind of by Sixth and Duck. Their Methodist okay. church is right there, Cowboy Corner. <laughs> There's yeah. a, some pizza joints. Um, anyway, that was our that was our our home since the 50s. And when this church project came about. Um, the idea was to really unite the Stillwater Catholic community. So back in the 50s, the idea came, we need a Catholic presence on the Oklahoma State University campus. Okay. And so that led to the founding of St. John University Parish, St. Yep. John Catholic right Student Center, right by the stadium. stadium. Yeah. And, yep. and the idea was that was meant for to be for students, and St. Francis Xavier was for everybody not a student. Over time, it kind of morphed into its own parish, so there were now adults and kids and so we had in a, in a pretty small Catholic community, we had two almost kind of competing parishes. So the idea was with the building of the new St. Francis Xavier out at Country Club in McElroy, that um, the St. John's would return to its original mission okay. of serving the student body of Oklahoma State University. And if, you, if you're a student at OSU, you go to St. John's. And if you're not, Come on out Come to St. Francis Xavier. Okay, that's been the, that's been the goal, and that's and that's really kind of been what's happened. There's still a little bit of crossover. Father Kerry and I know each other well, so we 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 still do a lot of things together. 
a lot of our uh, folks at St. Francis Xavier have a real heart for the students. Yeah. And so they want to continue to to be there and to serve and feed and yeah. all the stuff that you that you do with college students. So that the, the the teamwork is still very much there. That's good. But the missions, um, the mission is Christ, but the the demographic of our mission has changed. So in a way, the the campus ministry kind of runs out of the campus right location. Right. And then the 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 rest of the everybody else come out to yep come out to St. Francis. Okay, um, so uh, tell us a little bit about you know so the building came about and the building is big. Um, it's only a football field long. I'm just kidding. I mean, it is. That's I, no, I know. I, it's that's, big. I was going to go, wow, it's that big, is. It, and, uh, you know, it's, I, I lived on that end of town, and so I would kind of drive out that way, um, uh, I guess, what, off Lakeview, and then I would go down Country Club. Sure. And so I saw it. I uh, saw the ground break. I saw a lot of that begin to start, and you're like, wow, this is going to be big. And then you're like, wow, this is going to be high. <laughs> um, yeah, about 170 some, feet is the, is oh, the height of the, the steeple. The height of the steeple. Yeah. yeah. And so, I mean, it really is a presence. Um, you know, you got a lot of questions about that and people are excited. Everybody I've talked to is like, wow, have you seen that building? It looks beautiful. I really like the way it looks. And then there's a question, and this is kind of one of the reasons why I was excited to go and see it is that we're in the middle of a building program ourselves. And so I wanted to kind of hear about that. Um, and then I kind of thought you, you really helped me, um, see some things, uh, some questions that we've had to have and some, some honest, and I, that's a big deal to me, is that someone's going to ask a real honest question, that their heart really is about caring for the needs in our community or caring for the needs in the world. Of so course. They're really asking like a genuine question. And so that's where I kind of thought, oh, this would be good. So we came back to the studio and, and we were in one of our worship arts meetings and I said, I really would love to sit down with Father Brian O'Brien and ask him. There's my Irish accent. I think I think I did brilliant. brilliant. Thank brilliant. you. Thank you. Um, but I really want to sit down and talk with him and have our people even hear his perspective about spending money on on things like buildings. Because even though I can appreciate the heart that is genuinely asking these questions, I think there there needs to be a time to answer those questions. And sometimes a well-intended question still needs to be addressed in a kind of a thoughtful way sure. um, in which we don't just agree that the what we would consider to be the most apparently compassionate answer sometimes isn't the best answer. I think Jesus did this quite a bit. He would point out there are bigger issues that are happening. And there's yeah. some famous... People say, is it this or this? And yes. Say, it's not. It's, it's both, neither of those. Both it's, and, or it's yeah. either both and or it's even something that's deeper or mm. bigger than that That question. And, you know, th those issues happen. And so, um, you know, the building at St. Francis, I believe the cost on it was about 22? Uh, 20, $22 million. $22 million. As it stands. And we're not done. Okay. Um, so here's... here's. I'm just going to kind of throw it to you. Sure. We, we try to hit... Um, hits things straight on. So how, how would you address someone who's asking intentionally, right? Mm -hmm. They're not trying to pick a fight or, you know, trying to, to, to be uh, divisive at all, but they're asking that how can, how can the church spend that much money on a building when the needs of the community or the needs of the world exist? How, how do you, because I'm, it's yeah. not like, it's not like you haven't thought that, right? No, I've definitely thought I've been asked it. Yeah, yeah. New, on numerous occasions, by even by people within the Catholic community, um, but out, people outside of that as well. So I would say a couple things. Um, first of all, I think building a beautiful building and helping the poor are not mutually exclusive. Hmm. Um, it's not that we're going to build this and we're going to forget the poor, <laughs> or we're going to give all our money to the poor <laughs> and build ug an ugly building. Yeah. Um, that both can happen, yeah. and both have been happening for centuries. Yeah. 
Um, and that's a, that's a part of, of the Catholic tradition of which I'm very proud um, that we're very involved in yeah. the education of children, yeah. in hospitals, in <laughs> missionary work, in helping the poor in, in countries all over the world. Because Mother Teresa, and, I think, wasn't she Catholic? She was. <laughs> she was. No, but think about it, right? Um, I mean, I love your yeah. drawing us into history and saying, listen, yeah. this isn't a new question the church has asked. No, and, and so if you look at, I mean, you take a Mother Teresa, you look at look at everything she ever wrote or said, yeah. Yeah. And, and you'll never find her saying, what is this church? Why are you building this when you could give that money to me and my sisters and we could help the poor of Calcutta? She, you'll, never, you'll never hear it um, because she had, a, exactly. she had an appreciation for for beauty and for the beauty of, of, of her work in, mm-hmm. in the slums of Calcutta. Yeah. And so I think, so I think that's the first key point is that they're not, they're not mutually exclusive. That's good. Um, you can build a beautiful church and help the poor. And then I think the other, the other piece of it is that beautiful things, beautiful churches especially, help the poor. Hmm. Um, this is what you said, and I really you, appreciate yeah, it when you said I mean, it, it. I thought it was good. When I walk in, and this happens every morning, when I walk in to St. Francis Xavier Catholic Church every morning, um, my mind is immediately raised <laughs> to the heights of heaven, uh, as much as my mind can conceive the glory that God has prepared for us. When I walk in there and I look up at that beautiful ceiling, when I look at the statues, when I look at the art, at the art that's, that's there, um, it, it is, it's beautiful. And, and, and every atheist in the world Mm-hmm. Would walk in and say, "Dang!" Mm-hmm. They would give it a yeah. little. They would give it a little. Wow! Yeah. And and that's what we want. Um, and and the poor, as much as the people of of the parish, deserve that. And so when we build something beautiful, um, it help it helps everybody. The person that just drive all they've done is drive by, Saint Francis Xavier today. At some level, their mind is raised to God of. Why would somebody build something like that? And then when they come in, it's even it's even better. I mean, really, mm-hmm. the inside is better than the outside. The outside's yeah. awesome. Yeah. The inside is better than the outside. Yeah. And I want to say this here, though. Um, all of that being true, and I know exactly what you're talking about because I've been inside your building, okay? Um, it's not ostentatious. Like, it's not... Um, for those of you that really are just listening, and maybe you're not even in Stillwater, you're somewhere in the United States or even around the world, and so you don't have the opportunity to see this, I need you to know... Um, we walked in, Steve, we were impressed, but it wasn't like, oh my goodness, everything is like laid with gold and diamonds. It's not that. It really has, I would argue, yeah. like a a simple majesty, if, mm-hmm. that, if, that, if that's yeah, fair. Kind of like a dig- we would say kind of a, di- it has a yeah. dignity to it that's not, it's not over the top. It's not over the top. But if you'll notice, when you when you go in, um, the, the closer you get to the sanctuary... The closer you get to the tabernacle, the closer you get to the altar, the the better it gets. And mm. so for us, mm. it's it's you you putting, um, and I imagine for your congregation as well, you you putting your putting your resources to the things that you most believe in. And so for us, up by the altar, that's good. Um, there there is some gold. Um, there's yeah. some, there's there's kind of uh, I forget what they call it, but kind of gold laced. Yeah. Uh, or gold, gold paint. Yep. And it's made with real gold. Yeah. And if you'll notice, that's not in my office. <laughs> or I think, as you said when you were visiting, that's not in the parking lot. Yeah. Yep. Parking yep. lot, very important. My office, kind of important. Whatever. But what is what is where the gold is 
And where we've spent the, the most money um, is in the things that pertain most to mm. the worship of God. Mm. The altar, the tabernacle, the statues, um, the image of our Lord on the cross, um, those, they were expensive. They were, and, and rightly so, because one, that's what God deserves, mm-hmm. he deserves our best. Um, I, I go back to the great passage in Mark chapter 14, Jesus in Bethany, <laughs> and there's and this woman, yeah. this sinful woman, yeah. and what does she do? She comes in with this, uh, Scripture talks about kind of this, this nard, this alabaster jar. Yeah. Yep. She breaks it, and she like anoints him yeah. with it. And who's right there? Judas, yeah. right there, and he says... What are you doing? Yeah. You crazy woman. Yeah. We know how much he cared for the poor. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> you could have spent this, you know. And Jesus comes back and he says, uh, you know, that kind of that famous, much disputed line, the poor you will always have with you, which yeah. I think a lot of people can use as like an excuse. An excuse. Well, I don't need to help the poor because we're always going to have them. And yeah. so I'm just yeah. going to sit on my butt. And that's not what Jesus is saying. And that's not what Jesus is saying. Nope. But he goes on to say, you know, this, this, this woman deserves our praise because the poor you will always have with you and me you won't. And so it's a, it's a great scripture passage that 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 speaks to giving God your best. Yeah. And so for us in the in the Catholic tradition, we we really hold that to be um, giving God our best in our in our churches, uh, and and so making them the most beautiful thing that we can. Well, one thing that I really appreciate about um, the Catholic faith, uh, you know, I remember when I was in, I grew up in Canada, and so I had a lot of friends mm. that were Catholic, and um, so I've always kind of known a bunch from the side, so to speak. Um, and then in grad school, I uh, had an opportunity to um, uh, study and learn a lot. Uh, one of my, a lot of my classes was in church history, and so became very fascinated with it, and my professor was very, say, sympathetic and very um, deeply uh, trained within the Catholic tradition. So it was really good for me to learn that. Um, and I'll tell you, I remember walking into uh, a number of different Catholic um, churches and going through the process of of being there and taking in the entire experience. And I remember walking away almost, you know, like you just said, like impressed, not just, I mean, and I, when I say impressed, like I, I was drawn into the bigness of God. I was drawn into mm. a worship of who he was. I was drawn, we, we shared this when you, mm. I had you walk through, what is the experience for a Catholic person walking into um, a Catholic service and what do they do to prepare their hearts for? Because it's something we don't do well in the Protestant tradition. Mm. I mean, and maybe not all, not the entire Protestant tradition, but where I come from, where one person has always said we're about as liturgical as corn on the cob, like there's really not a lot to us. And I and it's not good, actually. I, 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 our people walk in late to a service, and they just kind of casually come in with their cup of coffee and sit down like, oh, yeah, what's, what's going on? Steve, you still singing? Okay, cool. Like I didn't miss anything. They'll say that. Yeah. You know, and I'm thinking, you know, we're singing praises to God and you didn't miss anything. And to just see that that tradition. The other thing is, is that the beautiful architecture, I like how you said it, like we invest money in the things that matter most. And yeah. so, I, I, mean, I saw case, that in your building. In your case, you know, you're, you're at kind of talking about this kind of children's. Mm-hmm. You're investing in, <laughs> you know, what matters is mm-hmm. our is our kids, you yeah. know, and so. Yeah. And that's something that the Catholic Church has not always done well is in investing in our young people, and and so part of our building too is we yeah. have, we have a piece. It's not in the church itself, uh, not in the in the in the nave, the sanctuary, yeah. but uh, but you know of a, of a space that is dedicated to kind of our middle school and high school kids, 
And that's it's going to make a huge difference, but it, it costs a lot of money. Yeah, um, to be able to do. But anyway, so I think I think we're on we're definitely on the same page. I think the other part I, I remember when when you all came in, I shared with you. Um, we have is a. This is the baseball. This story. is the baseball story, oh, dude. I love the baseball story. This is so there's I get, a, I've, I've got. I need to tell you, and I've given you credit. I it's not my story. No, but. I know, but I don't. I don't know the original guy. But I'll tell you, I have told the story. You're about. To, I, I should probably just let him tell him. Tell it. So, this is so good. And uh, we have a guy, really, a, I think a great evangelist of the of our of our times is a Bishop Robert Barron, and he is a he's an auxiliary bishop out in uh, Los Angeles. He has a uh, an organization called Word on Fire, okay. and they do a lot of evangelization via new media and and YouTube, and and he's he's just super a super articulate guy. He tells the story um, of when he was a little kid, and he grew up in Detroit. And he went to a baseball game, and he went with his father. And he, he starts it by saying, you don't explain baseball. You don't help someone fall in love with baseball by starting with the rules. You don't help someone fall in love with baseball, specifically by, by teaching them about the infield fly rule. Yeah. For all you baseball fans, you know what that is. If you're not a baseball fan, look it up. Yeah. And he says, you fall in love with baseball by going to a baseball game. And so he remembers when he was seven or eight, his dad took him to Tiger Stadium and he walks in. He doesn't know anything about baseball. Yeah. But what does he see? He sees the grass. He smells the, the, the popcorn and the hot dogs. He hears the sound of the ball hitting the bat and the cheer of the crowd and the organ playing. And, yeah, the, yeah. and he, he's just drawn into this. What is this? Why, is, why are they running around? It had nothing to do with the rules of baseball. It had nothing to do with who won. Mm-hmm. It had everything to do with just being drawn into this, to this beauty and this mystery. And he says, and that's, and that's what beautiful churches do. Yeah. They draw, someone walks in. I, I don't know who that statue is. I don't know what these people even believe. But I know that these people who built this have a serious conviction yep. about who they are, yep. what they believe, and how long they're going to be around. And so we've we've started talking at St. Francis Xavier. We're we're not we're talking in centuries here. Um, this is not a church that was built for a, a couple decades. This is a church that we're going to pass on to our kids, who are going to pass it on to their kids, and it's <laughs> going to survive for multiple generations. Um, and so. That you come back to Stillwater, Oklahoma, in let's say 200, 300 years, um, a lot of things are going to change. St. Francis Xavier is still going to be there, and it's going to look a lot like it does right now. That's pretty cool. And yeah, you know, that's it's funny because, except we'll have more parking. <laughs> well, one of the things that is really interesting, and this is what I have appreciated about my Catholic brothers. Is that it's their they're going back into history and then them seeing themselves far more um, historically minded into the future as well, mm. you know, and so that's the beauty of it. So we we would say like we that we we try to we try to think in centuries, and, and yeah, so, so when like we're usually thinking weeks. Maybe. And so when you're, what are you guys doing Sunday is when you're making <laughs> a, when you're making a decision yeah. or when you're or when yep. you're especially when you're when you're building something. Yep. Um, why are we building this? Are we building this for for me now, for me and my kids? No, we're building it for your kids, 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 kids. 
And if you don't, honestly, what other thing that's neat is if you know, I'm going to be in Israel in 60 days, mm. uh, doing our third trip there, and and you really do get that sense when you're there, when you're in Israel, and you're, I mean, I've been in a lot of these Catholic structures that have been around. I think the oldest one in in Jerusalem is around was was made I think in the 600s. Um, so there's a really, really, really old church. Mm. And we sit in it, and we sing hymns in there, and you just you're looking around at this room, and you're going, "Wow, this this building is amazing, and it is worshipful, and it it just naturally kind of draws our heart to it, um, or to God in it." And when that happens, you just you're really grateful. That's the, that's a good thing. Reminder is that it's easy for me to come in and wonder why somebody else gave this, or how how could they have spent this on this, and then you come back decades later. You know, or in the Catholic Church, centuries later, yep. and you say, "Wow! Like I'm sure glad we invest that." See, there it's an investment, right? It's not just it, it's not an expense. What you what you're describing, and what we're trying to get our people see, is that this new children area is not an expense; it's an investment, and that's what you're describing. It's the investment in Yankee Stadium, so that when new children come in, they're going to want to play ball. And what that's we're, right. And we're talking about matters a whole lot more than the game of baseball. That's right. Eternal, Calling, yeah, talking it's, eternity. It's yeah. an eternity thing. And so we want to draw them in and to, therefore, in that context, give to that kind of investment. It literally, it not only does it last centuries, but it lasts eternally. That's right. When that's you, when cool. you, when yeah, when someone is drawn into that, that beauty, that mystery, um, it does. It has eternal consequences. Lives change. Hmm. Um, and it's been amazing. We've seen since we opened, we, I don't know, we opened um, less than a month ago, the number of people that have come through. Um, I got a beautiful email th- just the other day uh, from a young woman here in Stillwater. And she basically just said, I've, you know, I've, I've not really, I've not really been to church um, in a long time. Um, I've never, I've never been to a Catholic church, um, but I drive by and I I'm just kind of drawn in, and I was wondering if I could come and talk to you. <laughs> That's great. And I said, no, I'm, bur- I'm too busy. No, I'm <laughs> I said, I love it. I love it. I got and a so, podcast to do. <laughs> and so, um, so we're going to meet up, and, and, and I, don't know where that, I don't know where that goes. I don't know who she is. I don't know where, you know, kind of what, 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 what's drawn her in. But you can bet we're going to walk into that church. She's never been inside. She just has driven by. We're going to walk in, and and I think she'll she'll look up at that ceiling. She'll look up at the tabernacle. She'll look at the altar, and and something inside will will stir. Something already has been stirring, See, just from driving by. And the other the other piece I think is really good for us to remember. So for those of you that are listening, and you can kind of put it in your own context, is that what you're describing is uh, multiple reasons why. Sometimes we again make it a this or that where it's like there's so many different reasons. I, I'm just going to assume that there there has been like a renewed interest in, say, those of the Catholic tradition. No question. In, in their Catholic faith no because question. of this, correct? Yep. Like it just does. Yep. People begin to take things more more seriously, much like we expect with this children's area for it to draw in families that are in our community that say, wow, you're investing in kids. We've got kids. We'd love to see what you have. So yep. that's going to happen. So it's not as simple as... Well, the reason why we spent this money on this building was to help those people who aren't taking it's, it's so that's such a one-dimensional way of looking at this. And what you're saying is, is that um, I, I guess who, who would, is there a person is the one that came up with this idea, or is it the congregation? Yeah, it or was is definitely. It, a I think it was a lo- kind of a larger discernment okay. process. I mean, we had a couple people that that kind of went all in and said, "Look, we need we need this. We're at, we've outgrown." What we've had, it's too crowded. Uh, we don't have enough parking. We don't have enough space, and so okay. we need we need something bigger. 
there was also the question of really of uniting the two yeah. parishes. Okay. And and we were kind of wasting, not wasting, but resources. Yeah, not utilizing. Not utilizing, you know, just not, not great stewardship of, of our resources, putting them in, in two different places for two different groups of people who really could have been together yeah. that whole time. Yeah. And then uh, it, it just kind of went from there. And there were people who didn't who didn't think it was a good idea. Um, and and I don't I don't fault them. Most, I don't really know who any of them are. But there was a sense that um, you know, kind of a fear of change. Sure. Um, can we can we just keep it the same? Yeah. I w- I was married here. My kids were baptized here. My dad was buried here. Um, I don't want to leave. Um, I like this place. I like these windows. I like the, you know, it feels, it's home. Yeah, it's, home. it's comfortable. And, and if you think, I mean, the analogy really of like of packing up and moving um, and moving a spiritual home, it's yeah. hard. Yeah. It's hard. And it has yeah. been. It's been hard on some people. And we're trying to just to meet people where they are. But one of the things that's been amazing is some of the people who are kind of hard, who were kind of against it, against the move, um, when, when now that they've come, and they see, wow, it's like pretty full, and there's a lot of new people coming back, and dang, this really is beautiful. Yeah, it's drawn them in, and I think kind of melted away any sort of hardness towards the towards the project, and we've seen a lot, just a, just some pretty amazing fruit out of it. Yeah, I appreciate your your even reminder to me about patience. That in the end, there are other issues that are happening. So sure. just because someone's not on board, doesn't mean God can't help them get say more yeah. on board or yeah. that even God's, you know, so we need to be patient with, yeah. with, with, with one another and kind of trust God to do that leading and to just continue to love and care for them. Um, so as we, as we wrap up, explain some specific ways you've kind of given a, a, some uh, descriptions of a couple, but some, some ways in which the buildings that we have spent lots of money on really do honor God. So you talked about being oh, kind of yeah. drawn in. So how, yeah. how do these buildings, all this money that is spent, how do they really honor him? Well, and I think, I mean, you look at, you, you go back to the Old Testament, you look at the early church. Uh, I mean, there was, a, there was a sense from the beginning that where, where God is needs to kind of look the part. Yeah. And so the, the temple, uh, they built that sucker to last. <laughs> and part of it still stands, yeah, you know? Yeah, yeah. Even after numerous people have tried to knock it down, knock it down. Yeah. Uh, they built it because that's where God is. And, and it's not to say that God is not in our hearts. That's not to say that God is not elsewhere. But but in, in the Catholic tradition, what we hold is that Jesus truly present in the Eucharist. And we're going to we need to build a home that 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 recognizes that hmm. that fact. Hmm. And, and it goes to, I think, kind of a, a, in the Catholic tradition, I mean, you, may, you may use the same terms, but we, we talk about an incarnational spirituality, sure. that, that God became flesh. Yeah. And, and that's what we celebrate um, at Christmas, that God took on flesh. And so there's a certain sense of that incarnational theology coming through in our church, that the idea that why can't I just stay at home and, and worship God? You can. You can. But God took on flesh, yeah. and, and, and it took on the kind of the stuff of our life. And, and so when you, when you come, and you come to a church, um, you're meant to be there with other people. You're meant to worship God in a place that raises your mind mm-hmm. to God. Um, and that's, that's what we've tried to do with, with the new church, um, a place that certainly is very functional. It yeah. fits a lot of people. It sounds good. The acoustics in there are really great, 
but more so than any of that, um, it, that it's, it's a place where when people walk in, they would say, God dwells here. <laughs> and that, that by nature is honoring to him, right? Yeah. 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 I mean, and you think about, I mean, you want, you want to honor God in your day. You know, I know there's been times in my life where I, I, I haven't honored God with my time. And now I try to, as best I can, what, what is the best part of my day? When am I most alert? When am I, when am I at my best? And for me, it's, it's in the morning. And so I try to give uh, a, the first hour of my day to the Lord because that's when I'm at my best. Um, I could be in my office cranking away and getting a lot of work done, and but I want to spend it with him because that's when I'm most alert. At 9 o'clock at night, I'm a total waste of space. Mm-hmm. Um, I am not at my best. And so on the days when that's, that's all I've got left, yeah. okay. Yeah. But to give God our best, um, and that's what we've tried to do at St. Francis Xavier is to, is to give him our best, um, build him a, a beautiful building that reflects his majesty. And honestly, the part that I really loved about it, too, is it, it also has, this might sound strange, it also has like a, a, a sand volleyball pit. <laughs> like not inside, but it has a, a really nice yeah. one. Actually, yeah. we looked at it and thought, man, we should have one of these in our new place. Come over and play. Um, and then we've, you've got like this. My staff will take on your staff. You're, you're actually way bigger than us and younger, and you'll destroy us. So never <laughs> mind. Yeah, that, that never mind. I just I, I take I back think, my invitation. I think it would be fun to just spike on Father Brian O'Brien. Boom! Right in my face. Break my glasses. In your face. I think that'd be kind of fun. Um, but you know, that, there's the God honoring elements where you're you know you're in the nave, right? Yep. Is that right? Yep. And then there's the God honoring elements when you're in your your uh, your children's area. There's mm-hmm. the God honoring elements when you're in your classrooms, yep. which are really nice. Um, you're in the God honoring. So there's so many different places in which it's as God honoring. And I, I guess I love, I, I talk about this quite a bit. It offers a texture. So it's not just this one dimensional God honoring, but here's how we honor God in this way. And here's how we honor God in this way. And yep. here's how we God. And I think what we can sometimes get lost in our tradition is that it's all, I mean, somewhat general. Every, every time we want to honor him, it's almost always the same, you know? So quote unquote date night always looks the same. We do the same old thing instead of offering like literally a time to, to marvel or to wonder. So, man, I really appreciate you giving me some things to think about and your encouragement to me, um, maybe even to take some of the some of the aspects of our ministry a little more seriously. I took a class on the architecture of theology or theology of architecture. And it really pointed out a lot of things. So when you were describing what was happening and how you were looking at the worship experience and the building of the church, um, it was really mindful of what matters most. And it really does kind of draw your attention. And so I want to thank you for that. Um, if someone wanted to kind of stop by, when are some good times Bring to stop on. by? Bring it on. Yeah, wait, wait, so wait. we've got a, our website is sfxstillwater.org. Um, and on there we've got information about, about the church, um, our, kind of our hours, uh, mass times, confession times. Um, but also we we have a nice little group of uh, parishioners. We call them the, our ambassadors. St. Paul talks about being to become an ambassador for Christ. So we gave them that name. Second Corinthians. And they uh, they are very open to if a group wants to come or a family wants to come or an individual. So we've been doing it these days kind of uh, tours at like 10 and 2. Um, but we're just kind of trying to meet the demand. When when it first opened, we were we had like five tours a day and hundreds yeah. of people coming through. And that's that's died down a little bit. Um, but anyway, through our, through our website, um, um, and I would love any, anyone who comes to give me, give me a shout. 
Uh, I'd love to. Your name we'd, again? We'd love to What's your name you? again? I can't remember. Father Brian O'Brien. Father Brian O'Brien. So nice they named him twice. <laughs> I'm thinking about changing yeah. my name to John O'Johnson. What do you think? Bring it on. Okay. I think it'd be, it's easy to remember. It would be. I, never, I think it would help. I've always had the trouble people remember my name, and I'm like, who, and who, what, who are you? You know, they're like, we met seven years ago. I'm like, really? I don't. You have such a great name. And yeah, you do. You I should have gone into pot. I mean, if this, this whole priesthood thing doesn't work, maybe yeah, you have to go back to like Boston in order to do that. Really? Because um, I don't know how Brian O'Brien wins in Oklahoma. I think it would. I think people. people you think would be so? Like, oh, that guy. I'd, I'd vote for you. His parents have some courage. That's what they'd say. <laughs> I think they would just go, that must be a Catholic family. Uh, probably, which might not go well in Oklahoma. We're, we, are, we are small in number. Hey, it goes well with me, brother. But amen. It goes well with me. Amen. Um, have you ever met Peter Kreeft? Um, I actually had him as a professor. Oh, my goodness. I did my undergrad at Boston College, and that's where he is. I love that man. I yeah, really check do. Check him out. I mean, oh, I, check him out. I, just, I, I actually been... just ordered a, I, literally yesterday, I just ordered a, his latest uh his latest book k-r-e-e-f-t um peter uh, handbook of christian apologetics check that out uh ecumenical jihad will blow your mind i've read that one. uh jesus freak is that I've what it's called jesus freak yeah and then the, the one i just ordered I, I and i don't know anything about it but it's, it's called 40 40 reasons why i'm catholic I don't know. This is he's a great, a great title. He's so an I incredible uh, theologian and philosopher, and yeah. he has been a blessing to me so many times. So that's uh, that, that's one more thing we have in common. Amen. Except I've never met him. So you have one more thing up on me. Hey, we are glad that you tuned in. Thank you, sir, very much. You're very welcome. For coming and being a part of it. We'll have to have great you back sometime. You. Maybe hey, bring anytime. in a... We should bring in a Baptist, and then we could get a great joke. Uh, Christian church guy and a Catholic and a Baptist sit around a table. Knock, knock, knock. Let's do it. Let's do it. <laughs> okay. Thanks, guys. We love you, and we'll see you around.